0: Hey gang, welcome to Dateline Louisiana, a provocative look at the deepest of the deep southern states. Thoughts that are informative, candid, humorous, and sometimes controversial about life in one of the most interesting and rabble-rousing states in the nation. Here are your hosts, Ronna Gray and Jim Brown. Hey, welcome to Dateline Louisiana, a weekly podcast that's uh, uh, produced and put together for, uh, for you listeners by Ronna Gray and myself. Uh, things we find of interest about why Louisiana, we think, is the most interesting state in the country. And, Ronna, we'll uh, talk a lot about that today, won't we?
1: Definitely. This is another one of my favorite topics. I feel like I say that every week. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Louisiana's famous writers coming off of the Louisiana Book Festival held in the fall every year, unless we have some circumstances that disrupt that. But Uh, One of the best book festivals in the country, one of the largest, very well attended every time they have it, Uh, been going for about 18 years now, put on by the Louisiana Center for the Book at the Louisiana State Library on the Capitol grounds, beautiful setting, Um, and it just makes you go and appreciate what a rich uh, literary heritage and culture there is in Louisiana. I grew up, as you know, in Mississippi, and Oxford, Mississippi really touts itself as uh, the cradle of a lot of great Southern writers. But we've got some that have grown up here in Louisiana that you can't beat, and others who might have been born other places but just were drawn to Louisiana, I think, because of our culture. So I think I think there's just uh, a lot a lot to talk about today.
0: Well, uh, There have always been a number of outstanding writers who either were native Louisianians and stayed here or felt like to get their creative juices going, they needed to come down to Louisiana, primarily New Orleans. And the the list goes on and on, whether it be William Faulkner, who's tied, as you said, to Oxford, Mississippi, but did a lot of his best writing in the city of New Orleans. Tennessee Williams, Pulitzer Prize winner, all the great plays that he did. Sherwood Anderson. I mean, we can go uh, on and on. Charles Bukowski is great author and poet. Uh, uh, so many outstanding uh, literary figures. Walker Percy, uh, all who got their inspiration by living in the deepest of the deep southern states. And so to accentuate uh, that interest, uh, this book festival started some time ago and uh, happened here the last Saturday in October of this year. And, Rana, you you put on a presentation, as you have on several occasions in the past. Uh, the weather was a little bit of a problem. It, it was uh, initially projected to have lots of rain, and so they had to kind of shuffle some of the programs around. But it turned out okay. And uh, I know you gave a presentation, and, and you have— yes, did
1: you. <laughs> well, I, that's right.
0: That's right. It's my third, uh, I think my third time, maybe third or fourth time that I have, uh, and I've got a new book out called The Jim Brown Reader that you can learn all about by going to my website, jimbrownla.com. And uh, so I talked about my book. I talked about uh, how to encourage writers. You know, everybody's got a novel in them. I don't care who you talk to. Gosh, I always wanted to write a book, whether it be a little family uh uh, uh, memoir, uh, something just for their immediate family, grandkids, or some fiction that they'd like to write. They've had some ideas about that. And, uh, so uh, people come up, you know, uh, I've got a publishing company, the Lisbon press, and I get calls and people stop me all the time. Oh, I want to write a book. How do I begin? So that was the focus of my talk. Mm-hmm. I talked a lot about, uh, ideas for writing a book, and uh, then I talked about my book, how I picked the various topics, and you know I got writing and writing and didn't pay too much attention to it, Rana. And next thing you know, my my book is about eight hundred pages long. It's it's hard to lift. And I tell people, look, if you don't want to read it, you can use it as a doorstop. Well, so. <laughs> I was getting
1: ready to say this book could have so many purposes if you were um, a little bit shorter. You might want to sit on it in your chair, and it'll lift you up That's a little right. bit for those Zoom calls that you do. Or I hadn't thought of a doorstop, Jim, but I was going to say uh, this is quite a book. You put a lot in it, and it's—I uh, would encourage our listeners to to get it because you put so much in it. But you've also done things to with the design of the book and and little touches in it that really, I think, set your books apart. And so it's—it's uh, it's really turned out to be a nice book.
0: And you say that, Rhonda, and that's something where this is not a a, a podcast on uh, what you should do to write a book. But you make the good point, you know, uh, one thing to write the book, but how it's presented, how it looks. People don't sit there in in a bookstore or in the library and read 50 pages. They pick it up and they look, hey, I like that cover. That's kind of catchy. And they flip over in the back and get a short summary with some quotes about the book to see if it whets their appetite. If they want to continue, they'll open up the inside flap and out of that three or four uh, turns, uh, the decision is made to buy a book. And so, uh, I know that's one thing that I've taken great pride in with the Lisbon Press is uh, uh, making it really interesting. The covers, let the cover tell a story as well as your book telling a story. We've done that with your books uh, that are, are lively and that uh, uh, just, uh, you know, wet people's attention, wet people's attention. So we talked about a lot about that uh, in my program about my new book. Again, you can read all about it at jimbrownla.com. And then we came over to your children's section uh, that you you wrote about and and with the children's presentation.
1: The uh, State Library, we were to be out in the tent in front of the State Library. They moved us inside. First Lady Donna Edwards had her children's book about there's a bandit in the mansion. It's about their dog, Bandit, who lives in the governor's mansion and how he moved. And She's was a teacher, and she's done a nice job with her book uh, telling children, you know, change is maybe uncomfortable, but it works out. And as long as you have your family, and it, she's got a nice little story uh, behind that, uh, using her dog to tell it. So we had all kinds of children's activities. We had a, ch- a children's book illustrator that spoke right before us, and she had all kinds of exercises. The kids were doing uh, creative activities but it, I just can't compliment enough Jim Davis that puts on the um, the book festival for the state museum. Rebecca Hamilton, the state librarian, who's been involved with it for so many years. Robert Wilson, uh, who kind of the point person there for Jim Davis, second in command there at the Center for the Book. Uh, I just encourage everyone to put it on their calendars to go. Uh, they I, I love the touch they take everybody's book cover that's presenting at the festival that year and blow it up in a poster and you can still go see them there at the uh, state library the big wall of all the covers you can see all the writers that come in for any particular festival so just hats off to them for doing such a nice job now i also go to the mississippi book festival i've been two or three times they've not been doing it very long believe it or not for all mississippi's bragging rights they have not had a big book festival also do it on the capitol grounds they focus on bringing in some bigger name writers maybe than we do fewer put them in larger venues i mean i saw salman rushdie there a few years back no one rushed up on the stage in jackson mississippi and tried to stab him we were much more with southern hospitality for him there um and and We've had some big names, obviously, at the Louisiana Book Festival, but what I like are these, I I went to panel discussions on different topics, and you get to meet all the writers and have small, there were smaller groups, a lot more of them, and I, I just thought they did a particularly nice job this year on the book festival. And over the years, you know, our friend Leo Honeycutt's presented there, and, um, just all kinds of people, Cokie Roberts, all kinds of Louisiana writers go through there. You just never know who you're going to walk up on and, and get. It's kind of our version, and I always say, of the Iowa caucuses in politics, you know, <laughs> where you've got all these uh, politicians going to these little small gatherings, and you actually get to meet them and talk to them. I feel like that's what our, our book festival is.
0: Well, and, and there's it covers the gamut. It's just not... One subject, you've got uh, whole seminars on people who've written new fiction. They do uh, panel discussions that I thought was interesting where they talk about uh, fiction, poetry, how to write a memoir, how, how to take different approaches to, in terms of presenting your book. And so uh, there are lots of presenters, and they really do a good job at the book festival in, in covering a wide range of subjects that relates to writing. And then they have uh, uh, large tents where uh, authors can can uh, sit and sign their books and sell their books. And then they have publishing companies that are there that are trying to uh, do some business and have all their books. So it's really interesting. They've got uh, music. They've got food, food trucks right, out there. Right. And so uh, uh, the only thing, uh, you know, the, the, the security has become— more, uh, more emphasized and, and rightly so, but they leave a large swaths of the beginning of at the front of the state Capitol empty. And that's a shame that everything has to move so around You've got to walk several blocks from one end to the other. And, uh, I wish that wasn't the case, I guess, because of security that, uh, you have to leave space open, but they let people in the Capitol. I wish they'd utilize all those big grounds in front of the state Capitol. Quite frankly, right. It'd be my only suggestion, but and out, then,
1: go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Well, just outside of that, though, I think that all, on all in all, when you look over the pros and cons and the cost that you go into, I think that uh, the Louisiana books festival does a real commendable job.
1: So we had a, a whole day on Saturday of the book festival it was Halloween weekend, actually, and then the next day in New Orleans, they had a memorial Second Line parade for one of our better-known writers, Anne Rice. Uh, I guess Halloween would be Anne Rice's season, wouldn't you say? The the time that you start getting out all the vampire books and well,
0: the interview and, with the vampire was probably her best known because it was made to a major motion picture right. with Tom. Uh, Brad Pitt, yeah, Brad Pitt, Tom 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 Cruise. So, uh, uh, so uh, she lived a a long, full life. uh, Lived in New Orleans for a good while and was very active in the New Orleans community. And then she moved to California in her later years. But uh, New Orleans claims her, and rightly so. And uh, you're right, The second lines, and a mo- now you've got some people outside of Louisiana listening to us right now saying, second line? What's a second line? <laughs> and that's where, after the service is over, you say, look, now we eulogize this uh, family member, this person, and that's well and good, but they lived an interesting life. Let's celebrate a little bit. And the uh, music starts up. There's a uh, a Jazz band, a New Orleans jazz band that leads the the march, and people dance in the streets, and they take a white handkerchief and wave it as part of a second line. They call it, and there are many funerals down in New Orleans that have second lines.
1: Yeah, she had a. uh, They had quite a production for her. They had a single rose and a horse drawn hearse that led the parade in honor of Ann Rice, and of course. The Vampire Lestat, you remember from Interview with the damn right. Vampire, um, they have a fan club. He has a has his own fan club, and I think that's who actually put on the parade there. So um, we talked about a lot of the, the men who were famous writers in the beginning, but uh, she'd probably be one of the top uh, women authors and writers from Louisiana. Uh, a little before that time... Kate Chopin up in the Natchitoches area uh, for for her book *The Awakening* uh, won a lot of awards and recognition there, and is part of that um, state museum in Natchitoches. They have a fairly large exhibit there devoted to her. And um, but it seems like it's mostly the men so far that have in the in the older time. But certainly, people like Cokie Roberts, as I mentioned uh, today. And then here in Baton Rouge, we have a lady named Emily Toth who wrote the biography of Kate Chopin. And uh, so we, we do have our, our share of female writers there, too, in the And, mix. you know,
0: besides the writers, uh, I want to give special recognition to those who make it the writing possible by handling bookstores and handling distribution at the uh, – at the book festival last week, John Cavalier and uh, his wife uh, uh, did a great job of organizing. They've got a bookstore out in Denham Springs, Louisiana, and they've, they've taken over uh, a former bank and former hotel. Right.
1: Cavalier and, House Books on the main drag there in Denham Springs with all the antique shops moved into the old Brown Hotel. Oh, that's right. You. That's right. That
0: was the name. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, Brown
1: Hotel. And uh, I actually drove by there last night and saw all the lights in. You and I got a little sneak peek of what it was going to look like, and they've done a really nice job, and I look forward to lots of events they're going to plan there now that they have more space.
0: Well, they do at their bookstore in Denham Springs, and then uh, uh, our friends down at the Garden District Bookstore down near New Orleans, Chris Tidmore and uh, some folks with Chris probably have a uh, – uh, one of the finest bookstores in the entire South. And your books and my books are all uh, handled there at the bookstore. And uh, Chris does a marvelous oh, I job. I love
1: that bookstore. Yeah.
0: it's Bringing really... in speakers. And that's been there for many, many years and acquired by Chris here recently. But they do a really good job in terms of bringing local authors in to give presentations. You and I have gone to several of them there. Oh, yeah. I,
1: he He does such a nice job. He and his wife do a wonderful job there. And uh, even have some events off-site that they handle books for if they outgrow their space there, which is really nice, but uh, just has the feel of what you want a New Orleans bookstore to be. Just like some of the other famous independent bookstores around the country, Garden District Books is really captured, I think.
0: Well, and we want to support those local bookstores. And because, that
1: conundrum up in St. Francisville, uh, I was saying, yeah, <laughs> sure.
0: The Kuig up there, Missy Kuig, and the, the conundrum, and it's it's a tough go for bookstores, and especially with Amazon being so dominant. But I'd encourage people to go buy their books at a local bookstore because we want to keep them in business. There's nothing, you know, and and I buy books off Amazon, but there's nothing like walking into a bookstore. A small bookstore, you get a cup of coffee, and you can kind of feel the book and thumb through it. It's just a unique experience, and we sure don't want to lose that with, with the uh, and, many bookstores uh, going out of I business. I might mention,
1: too, Tesh Books in New Iberia is another uh, of those because they've got a patron saint in James Lee Burke, one of our probably most, most famous writers who hasn't exactly stayed in Louisiana, but he sure— Sends a lot of people to the New Iberia area because his his books are all based there.
0: I love James Lee Burke, but I, I I'm prone to his Louisiana books about Dave Show is the detective character at a New Iberia and always floating into New Orleans and trying to solve crime problems. He's moved to Montana, and writing about uh, events in Texas and other locations. I like his older books. I'm, right. I'm a, I've I've collect most of what James Lee Burke writes. And uh, I like his older books that are based in Louisiana. Is quite frankly, is my preference. So, right. Uh, uh, well, we hope you'll, uh, if you uh, listen, keep listening to this podcast, we'll let you know about some special book festivals and book events uh, throughout the state of Louisiana, as well as throughout the entire South. I uh, hope you're a reader. I hope you'll support local authors. And we're sure glad you listened to our show today. You can find out a lot about what we talk about on com. And uh, my website is jimbrownla.com. Fun things to read. And, Ronna, we enjoyed talking about books, and we'll talk to you soon, huh?
1: Absolutely. I'm going to go find a good book for this evening.
0: Right, take care.
1: Thanks for listening to Dateline Louisiana with Jim Brown and Ronna Gray. To subscribe to this podcast or contact Jim or Ronna, visit
0: datelinelouisiana.com. We hope you'll join us again next week for more news and reflections from the Bayou State.